Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver. With me today are four special guests. We have M. Joshua Collar. Hi, everybody. Brian Hall. Good morning. Good afternoon. (laughs) Or good night. Yen Wong. Hi, guys. And Eric Anderson, one of our newest contributors and the Nerd Chapel guy. How you doing? I'm doing good. To quote Mark, Nanu Nanu. All right, let's jump right into it, because we've had recording problems, and these things happen. So, Mr. Collar, you yeah. go first. Okay, so we're going to be talking about Sex Week and the subject of sex in video games. Um, so, most importantly, straight off the bat, I just want to mention that, you know, the biblical model of sex, and as we approach it as Christian gamers, is really all about sex as we approach it is based on only in the context of marriage, like, you know, between heterosexual couples. That's, that's the biblical model, that's the way that it's presented. As far as how that gets presented to other people, basically anytime that you show sex outside of marriage, that's kind of pornography. I mean, like, you know, like with it, only within the context of marriage should we be seeing one another's naked bodies in a sexual context. And, and, that's, and that's kind of like the end of it. Pornography is a problem. I don't support that in any way, shape or form for games. And, and there have been times where I've, I've lost it and I've, I've, I've missed the mark and I haven't had problems with seeing it in games at, at some points. But more, moreover, like I don't need to see sex in game. So I wrote on the subject of intimacy and as a process of pursuit as it relates to something like the Song of Songs and Song of Songs is uh, the biblical example of marital intimacy and, and there's been conversation about what, how and why it, it depicts things. But moreover, the book is essentially about the pursuit of one another. And for the church at large, this is a model of our relationship with Jesus, that he is the one who pursues us and we pursue him. And that's just the nature of the, the model of our relationship with Christ. How did I do, guys? Is that remotely accurate? That was an amazing summary. <laughs> okay, cool. So I, I wrote on the subject of intimacy in games and the way that I would like to see it, more of it. And the only three games that I could think of that did it really, really well or an interesting way to me. And, it, and they don't actually show sex in any way, but they deal with the subject of people who are in marital context. Be a game called Facade. It shows a married couple who is on the verge of divorce, and you show up at a dinner party in their house, and you can type in commands, and the artificial intelligence within the game responds to you. And yeah, it gets really awkward, and you can say anything you want to. You can try to make them, make them get back together. You can try to you know, throw, them, throw them further apart, and then you'll get kicked out of their apartment. The, the fact that it puts you in a position where you can engage with the subject of, of marital intimacy and, and try to make it, help them work it out or try to be a counselor... It's, it's, it's an interesting window that you don't get to see anywhere else in any other kind of medium. So that's one game. Another game, and I'm just completely flying through here because I don't have much time. I apologize for being, if this is too much too quick. The other one is To the Moon, which Yen wrote an amazing exegesis, just breaking down the entire thing on his blog, Redeemed Gamer, which is awesome and I highly recommend it. But the thing that I really, really liked about it was that it was essentially about a couple who is very old and kind of going backwards in their lives and making their understanding why their marriage worked or didn't work, and especially in the light of social or mental disabilities, which I thought was was really subtle, and they never even say what the disabilities are per se, but I really appreciate the fact that it gives you the opportunity to witness a couple and, and all that coming together and made me cry, made a lot of people cry, and that was one of the things that people talk about when they talk about that game. Is crying? Is crying, yeah, actually, <laughs> quite, quite honestly, and, and just because at the very end, Slight spoiler, the couple holds hands. And they just, the, the, the director, Ken Ga- uh, Kong Gao, 
just did an amazing job of building up to that point and building the intimacy with those two main characters. So I would highly recommend that game. And again, no depiction of sex or overt sex talk, but dealing with a couple who is undoubtedly having sex because they're married, but just deals with the subject with such subtlety and grace that I really appreciate it. And the third game is Passage, which is a five-minute game, also free, just like Facade, only it is just five minutes of a couple walking the whole way through their lives, symbolic, from basically adolescence to death. And they just hold hands and walk together. And it just made me reflect on like how important it is for me and my wife to spend time and just walk together, just walk through life together, both literally and both figuratively, just going out for walks. That's my summary of where I went with the subject of sex and games. How about you, Brian? Sex and games. See, for me, it's it's hard to put the two together because I grew up playing the original Mario Brothers. And so the Mushroom Kingdom, is just it's not a place where anything like that happens. You know, Mario gets to go off, he runs, he kills things. I mean, he doesn't kill things. He kind of stomps on them and they vanish somewhere, you know. I don't yeah. even know if he kills. But, you know, I mean, eventually he goes after the princess. They don't even kiss. They just kind of, they're there. They're next to each other. There's no sexuality, I don't think, going on in the Mario game series. But I contrast that versus a game such as Mass Effect. And I'll tell you, I really think the Mass Effect series is the pinnacle of where gaming is right now. Just from the acting, storytelling, all the way down to the relationship model. To me, it, I, don't, I haven't seen a game really push it. And f- so because of that, and the way relationships are dealt with in that game, you know, you go through the game and you talk to individual characters, and if you want to continue or make a relationship better with them, you continue to talk to them, and you, know, you kind of pour time into them. And as you're pouring time into them, eventually there's a payoff with that, and that payoff is sex, it's, and that's it. And to me, that ends up making sex into a mini game, first of all, which we've talked about at some point. And it also, it cheapens it. And I don't think that that is the way that, at least as a Christian, that's not the way that I view sex. I view it as something far sure. more than that. And I'm not talking something mystical or magical here, but just I view it as more than that. And so I feel like the game, ultimately, it rips you off of something that is far better. I agree. And I can understand that in a certain sense. But one thing that at least in the very minimal element, at least Mass Effect isn't something like The Witcher, where you basically find a girl and it gives you maybe a dialogue tree, and if you say the right words, you can get a, you can bed her, and then it gives you a card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The Witcher is interesting though because the main <laughs> character is basically infertile, so part of the thing about that is that he can't produce babies. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. So but what happens is that makes like, it all better. I guess my point, and the reason right. why I, I bring that even up, is just because with Mass Effect, like it really is still in a certain sense about characters forming intimacy before there's any kind of, like you have to listen to the, each character's story and where they're coming from. And in the first Mass Effect, you couldn't skip through conversation, so you literally had to listen. <laughs> For me, like at the very, very least, Mass Effect is building a certain level of intimacy between the characters, so it's not just some cheap sex, even though it is. Still, you know, from a Christian perspective, like it's and, and especially the fact that it's superior officer sleeping with their crew, it's not moral in any sense, but at least it's developed. Yeah, I, I got one more objectionable point about about Mass Effect, and same for Dragon Age. Is it feels like a harem sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, like you are romancing several ladies at once. Although I think it it doesn't conclude that way, so I think I'm, I'm okay with that. I got I got a fairly embarrassing admission for Mass Effect. I really, really liked 
Miranda Lawson, Mass Effect 2. <laughs> I, I killed her, Ian, just as another admission. <laughs> is that, yeah. is that I mean, because I mean, they have so many, you know, perfect camera angles? On, no, no, and on the thing is, it's, it's not about her, her overt sexiness, it's about her character. And person, I thought her character was really interesting about how, you know, she was really cool professional business like she's kind of like I'm not sure if she's a friend or a foe and then later you develop certain kind of trust between you and her but I think what really moved me was the, her character quest where she goes and saves her sister and you know at that point in time I, I felt as if I mean in a certain I'm a single guy so I can say this but I was I thought I was really falling for her but the rest of the game disappointed me in a way that I I didn't want to just see her but that's not why <laughs> I was interested in her you know I yeah, didn't want to right. go do the engine room thing with her either. That wasn't why I was interested in her. So I, that that felt as if I was the relationship was shortchanged. But I think that that kind of proves Joshua's point where I think Mass Effect does try to do some kind of relationship building, some kind of intimacy building. Although it, it felt weird when now even when it was a kind of like a harem. And, and you, it felt and like yeah. And then you suddenly this, see that scene in the engine room. Yeah. Yeah. Shepard is this playboy jerk, you know? And it kind of. Yeah. <laughs> even even if you choose the Paragon options. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still like the Western version of Tenchi Muyo. Yeah, <laughs> it's a harem anime. So I, I thought that Mass Effect does some things well, ultimately fails, of course. And I think other people have written about it. The idea didn't come from me that, that sex as the ultimate mm-hmm. price is very problematic. I think they do, they do try to make it about relationships. I think the later games perhaps do it slightly better than the earlier games. Uh, I think Mass Effect 3 was more nuanced. I think Dragon Age 2 was more nuanced than it, but still ultimately about sex. Yeah, yeah. and perhaps more so in Dragon Age. I'm only saying this vaguely remembering. That wasn't the part that I, I pursued in the game, but I do remember that like in the trailers when they were first promoting the game, they were basically mm. like sex, violence, sex, violence. Like That's, that's like what they were using to, to sell Dragon Age. Dragon Age 1 had a lot of problems because you could buy gifts. For oh, your yeah, yeah, friends, yeah. yeah, and so you yeah. literally were were paying for the sex, so that was and yeah, that was really... that was the really weird thing is because that also had a very literal intimacy bar. Like if you went to the yep. characters character screens, you could see that how much they liked you was based on this bar, and if you gave them gifts, you could increase you know a few points on that bar. And if it was and the, a special yeah, the con- game incentivizes the, the game incentivizes you to do that because there are gameplay perks. Yeah. The <laughs> character becomes stronger when they are more close to you. Oh goodness! Oh, you didn't. That's creepy. Oh, and, and I do remember that also there was real huge plot points. Like if you made your one follower, Alistair, sleep with Morgan at the end of the first game, she could have the demon baby she always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> if you are the male, she offers to sleep with you first. Oh, okay. That's my yeah. problem. I always play as girls in RPGs. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> she, she offered to sleep with me and I was like, uh, no, no demon spawn, please. So I can go sleep with Alistair. Uh, I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm glad I haven't played this game. <laughs> if this is all it's about, it's yeah. not what it's all about, though. That's the thing. Like, and it's just like one of those weird like additions. And like, it isn't one element the pursuit of intimacy, and another element like they see that this is a, a legitimization of maturity in games. It's a bit jarring. Um, yeah, but it, but it is jarring, and it, it does come across as inappropriate when it's just kind of like shoehorned in there. It makes it might make sense with the overall like freedom of choice in that kind of universe and. Players really like that about Dragon Age 1, which wasn't as, as present in 2. So I was thinking about games that have relationships in a positive light. And I got thinking about the Japanese RPGs, which to me are sometimes the best at portraying relationships. 
And that that may have been a bomb right there. Actually, I would agree with you. Well, I'm just thinking, like, Final Fantasy VII is probably one of my most favorite RPGs of all time. And just the relationship between Cloud and Tifa, you know, just there, it's a very, it's a friendship relationship. And they do, I think, a really good job of building that over the course of, what, 40, 50, 60 hours, whatever it is. And I feel like they do a good job of building on that. Japanese RPGs, they have the luxury of time to do that. Oh, what do you guys think? I mean, do you guys play a lot of RPGs in general, especially Japanese? Or well, I play Japanese RPGs a lot. I mean, that's all Zach does. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't in a while because I felt like a lot of the times that they, they lack. They, I actually felt like they lack the subtlety and nuance of an actual relationship. Relationships are all about nuance and subtlety and and real world groundedness. And when you're in like such an obscure fantasy setting, I don't necessarily, other than like by developing time and, and moments together. You know, I, I guess one of the first first implied sex scenes was in Final Fantasy X when Titus and what's her face Yuna <laughs> supposedly like they kiss in like a pond or something like that, and then they go and then like it fades to black, and you just are supposed to Im- suggest suggest what happened there. They I didn't pick like, up on that. Yeah, they kind of like dance for five minutes, and I don't think it much fades to black at all. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I'm just going with with what I remember, and that's not very clear because I'm really... playing it right now. And oh, I, really? Yeah, and it doesn't do that. I oh, don't think. okay. Yeah, they well, just kind of float around in magical ocean water. I don't. <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's metaphorical, but I mean, it would kind of be a big jump. Well, I just remember Pat Gann saying that he got in a major argument in college with a kid who said that they were actually having sex and that he said there's no way because you know that that they're not married yet (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) that's an argument nice yeah but i i thought i thought that was cute (laughs) (laughs) yeah i find that jrpgs take a long time to develop these characters right and they end up having like the most chaste romantic relationship ever (laughs) And to me, that seems a lot more indicative of how it would be anyway, if you're trying yeah, to that's, court that's a, a woman. Point. Yeah, and usually it never goes beyond anything. I mean, but in Mass Effect, it's like, oh, here's the culmination of the relationship. Whereas in the JRPG, it's like, oh, these two people are meant to be together. That sort of thing. Oh, okay. And it's, it's wrong in a different way, but... <laughs> it's a little bit more like Disney. Yeah, it's mm. a little bit more like a storybook ending. Okay, so on the subject of Mass Effect, what girl at the end of the game did you guys end up with? None because I, I was playing as a guy. I was playing as a girl. So, so what guy did you end up with? Um, in Mass Effect 3, I just forsook the invitations that I got because it was a little weird that everyone was flirting with me. And I realized that the characters that I just wanted to listen to were kind of like pursuing me. It, in, in Mass Effect 2, I remember there was Jacob and Thane. They were both vying for my fem shep's affections. Wait, oh, what but, about Rex? Oh. <laughs> Did he desire you sexually? Um, no, but Garrus did. Nice. Okay, this is like so creepy. Nice. See what I mean? This game it just does not work. See, I didn't, I didn't pursue the sex option in the game either. Uh, I actually, I, I kind of spurned my lover and walked away from the game entirely because it was at the end. I was done. But it, I went after Tally was my favorite probably. Yeah, Tally was my favorite too from from the female crew just because she was like just She's sweet. Yeah, she was just a sweet character, except for the fact that she killed herself in my playthrough. Oh. Yeah. You didn't save yeah. her from the geth. That's depressing. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't save her from the geth, and she just like dove off a cliff, and I didn't realize that that was going to happen. <laughs> I was really I was really bummed, but I didn't want to do that boss fight over again. Done. So. 
<laughs> Rex made a move on me, so we shot him. <laughs> Wait, are you dead serious? Yeah, he died. I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, I was in a mission, and he's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, okay, so we all just shot him for some reason. Wait, it's... wait, were you playing as a girl, too? No, I was playing as a guy. It was really confusing. Wait, he made a move on you? No, I, that was just a no, joke. No, no, no. But we did kill him okay. for some reason. In, yeah, no, thing. like, I didn't think there were any romantic options with him, but he was by far my favorite character. Why not? In the entire Mass Effect. Well, maybe not by far. Like, Tally's up there, too, but... Him and Tally are, like, the best characters in the Mass Effect universe, in my opinion. Yeah, and then he just arbitrarily died for some reason on a mission, so... Yeah. Well, I think you killed him. I don't, well, it suddenly it activated battle mode. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, oh, you yeah, know. when you're trying to calm him down right before the raid on Saren's place in, in the first Mass yeah. Effect. Because you're gonna, you're gonna... Oh, wait, that was the end of the game? Yeah, that no. was the end of the game. Wow. Almost. Yeah. Like, that was right That was right before the, the last mission. After I stumbled into, quote-unquote, intimacy, I kind of stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? What's going on? No. Yeah, that was kind of well, when I stopped. Unfortunately, guys, I, I do have to get going. I got to get to work. But I, I do I do really want to hear what Eric has to share on his perspective on, on the subject. So if you guys can tra- transition to that, and then I will listen from here as soon as I get to listen to the recording. All right? All right. <laughs> Love you guys. All right, have a good night, day, whatever. Eric, what say you? Well, I think one thing you have to start with is learning to be aware of how things are affecting you. And that's the thing that concerns me about sex and video games is how is it affecting us and what is it leading to in our daily lives and in our relationships with actual people. You know, because that's the main reason why pornography is such a big problem is it has an effect on you beyond just sitting there and watching it or sitting there and looking at it yeah Um, it's something akin to reprogramming your brain in a specific way (laughs) yes exactly and one thing that i point out in my article is the problems that girls are having when they go to conventions and cosplay and guys for some reason think that well this girl's cosplaying so i you know they're moving their hands toward places their hands don't need to be and yeah that's pretty sad. It is. My big question is, are we aware that these things have an effect on us beyond just this particular second where we are right now, that they can actually affect our relationships with other people? How am I letting this affect me? And what is going on beyond sitting here in front of this video game, touching these buttons on this controller? Am I leading this Christ focused life of treating women respectfully and treating them like my sisters or am i letting this take me toward a position of just seeing them as objects or as something to fulfill my desires and that's where video games can get very creepy yes (laughs) especially when you have like game mechanics such as in indigo prophecy slash fahrenheit and or heavy rain those david cage games where they have the sex scenes and they're like quick time events and God of War also has quick time sex scenes, which are, I don't know, it just seems very bizarre to me. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I'm okay with Heavy Rain. I, really? I think of, yeah, I, I think, of course, the quick time event sex scene is just awkward and uh, not well executed. But I don't think it misrepresents women that badly. Um, clearly, you, you got <laughs> that badly. You yeah. No, you, you get to know Madison. Madison is not there for sex appeal. Her, you got to know who she is, her motivations. Over the course of the story, you know, you know why she and Ethan developed a relationship. I don't think it really was exploitative, but it was certainly awkward and certainly a quick time event thing doesn't work 
but I don't think it was really a very disrespectful representation of women. Although there was one scene where she was being forced to strip by a gangster. So yeah, that one's a bit more iffy. Yeah, I haven't seen, I've not played Indigo Prophecy. I have it on my computer. Apparently there's a fade to black. Depends on what region you get it from. So it's not actually in most copies of the game. No, on the other hand, I find something like Dragon's Crown. I think that, that may be more problematic. Because even though it's not as explicit, it's clearly... To me, it's clearly objectification in some ways and and exploitation in some ways. I think in some ways it is, but in another way, it's not. I think it depends on how you're viewing fantasy, high fantasy tropes. So let's say it's more in the vein of Conan the Barbarian than JRPG kind of things. So the men have heavy armor and weapons and the women are scantily clad for no other reason than that's the way the universe works. You know what I mean? And I understand that it comes from a culture that is very much about objectifying women. Perhaps. Depends on your perspective. But I don't think that's the intent with this game. Because Vanillaware has made other games, and usually they don't have such prominent female body parts. See, and I, I can't play a game like that. Just from the cover, just looking at it, there's no way I can even go near something like that. And that's just that's a personal conviction of my own. You know, I it's funny, I can handle almost as much violence as you can chuck at me, but when it comes to sexuality and gaming, it seems like it's a completely different thing. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of Christians actually kind of have that problem. <laughs> yeah. Like I mentioned in my article on on lust and video gaming, it is stayed away from DOA primarily because I don't like the way they present women. You know, when you look at Link and, and the way the Zelda games encouraged you to be a protector of women and a helper. Compare that with DOA where it seems like it's throwing a ton of skin at you. I was like, well, sex sales, we're just going to throw that particularly easy to list at drawings in here and just encourage that because we figure it'll help us sell or, or whatever their reasoning is. It's not encouraging the same end goal in your own life as something like Zelda where it's all about rescuing and protecting and that's designed for a more mass audience too right <laughs> so yeah yeah and dragon's crown is a little more niche in terms of both genre and an audience so like dragon's crown is more like the people who like 2d animation plus people who like fantasy archetypes it works out for naked women mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see the consistency in, in terms of their previous work because there's been plenty of women in all of their other stuff and they haven't looked like that. So it mm-hmm. was either an intentional aesthetic decision. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't understand why it looks that way if it's not for a specific purpose or some kind of design that they were going for. Yeah. Shall I go on with my article, which is somewhat strange? Go ahead, Zach. All right. So my article was about pornography and sexuality i basically made what josh put implicitly explicitly about the whole idea of marriage as a designed thing from the beginning of time so mine starts with genesis and then goes all the way up to how the marriage relationship is part of the way that human beings were created so while i don't make it so that people have to be married but I think marriage is the culmination of a relationship between two human beings in that way. So they become one flesh when they consummate the marriage. So marriage is not necessarily just the ceremonial act. It's also the physical act. And when the physical act happens, you are officially married. And my problem with depicting sexuality in most any kind of media in that way, showing the act 
the consummation, which is the marriage, is that it's meant to be shared between those two people and no one else. And any time that it is shown in any other context, it is by definition voyeuristic and wrong. Does that and make it, sense? Yeah. You know, you make that it's, it's discouraging loyalty, basically. And the other element is that why does the Bible use the metaphor of the church being the bride of Christ if, in fact, that is not part of the design of the universe? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So by showing sexuality, you're not only disgracing the actual physical act of marriage, but you're also disgracing the the way the universe is formulated. So I go pretty heavy. Just a bit, huh? Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. Yeah. I mean, most of what we talked about this morning, I mean, yes, some of it delved into sexuality, but a lot of it is about video games that have relationships in them. And Mm -hmm. not necessarily relationships leading to sex. I mean, most of my favorite games, they're just... Just have relationships in them, and that's it. And you know those relationships build over time. And those are my favorite games. I mean, all of a sudden, this introduction to where they have to lead to something—it bugs me. Yeah, it but, seems like friendship has gone out of vogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why does the end of every relationship have to be a some kind of physical act? And and that I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a breakdown. It's it's that phileo love, you know, your friendship love versus the eros love, and. I don't know, our society seems to have a problem dealing with it. You know, the Lord of the Rings movies, they made the relationship between Sam and Frodo into a homosexual relationship, or at least the media tried to do so. Why? Why? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. We we have a problem with two guys just being friends, or two ladies being friends. You know, it's just, it's an issue. And I don't understand why everything has to become sexual. Yes, we are created as sexual beings. But at the same time, we're capable of a lot more. It's better to point out what the good things we're capable of than the bad things. And and not saying that sex is bad either. It's just it is not the ultimate culmination of everything. You know, yeah. there there is yep. there are other aspects to a relationship that are just as important, if not more important, to lead to that sexual encounter. <laughs> huh. If you you're know. in marriage, you know what I mean? You, you have to build upon that. You have to chuck points into it to eventually. Anyways, yeah. Yeah, actually, Brian, this is a good point. I just read an article, I can't remember where this, I think it could be Think Christian or Christ and Pop Culture, where it says that our, our whole society is obsessed with sex uh, and, and, and we, we read sex into everything and everything into sex and it almost sounds as if it, it has it's influenced by Freud, who believes that you know your, all your problems in the world are related to your sexuality or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's, it, I, I do think that perhaps it's more prevailing a worldview than we might realize and I think the um, it does affect us in the sense that we know we we underemphasize things like friendship. We underemphasize things like what is what's agape love, or what's phileos, and 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 how do we be good guy guy friends or we good girl girl friends? Yeah, I think these things are lost in our culture when when this intellectual idolatry of sex comes in. And yeah, I think it's it's an interesting phenomenon. I'm not sure we can do anything to fight it though. We all think Jesus was celibate, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So. If Jesus is kind of the ideal, then why does anyone have to have sex first? <laughs> the early church thought that being celibate was the ideal, and then marriage was just a thing if you were lusting after somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, I think, Brian, that you may have just pinpointed the whole framework behind the gay marriage debate. And I just dawned on me that perhaps the reason why we have gay marriage as such a topical issue is because 
the culmination of a friendship between two men must now result in some kind of sexual relationship at the end of it as the culmination of the friendship in the same way that it's done in the Mass Effect series. Interesting. I had not thought of it in that way, but now that you point that out, perhaps that is what's going on. Because if Eros is held as the ideal of a sexual relationship, then that would have to be the end of that relationship. So where do we where do we go from here, Zach? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Jan hasn't really talked about his viewpoint with his article a whole lot yet, so let's give him a minute. Oh, 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 my, my article is kind of a response to Eric's one where I thought that there might be a need, for, a pastoral need to for, for Christian gamers who just wants to ask the question, so when is it appropriate, when is it not appropriate to play video games with sex in them and what are the considering factors I need to think about. So I just wanted to take a stab at an article like that. Yeah, and go, go check it out when it's up. That's it. <laughs> okay. I wasn't expecting it to be so fast. <laughs> yes. All right. Final closing thoughts? Or have we kind of beaten the horse to death? I think we talk a lot about sex and the act of sex, but I think a related issue is sexuality. Uh, you talked a bit about gay marriage, right? But related sexuality is things like feminism and gender roles, which we did talk about in the previous podcast on Sarkeesian. But I think these are also closely related issues that, that bleed into each other. I know Eric just now said something about, oh, Link is someone who protects women, and that's a biblical model. I will know feminists have got big issues with that. Yeah, it's really interesting because video games give us all these platforms to discuss these issues and to really to distill out, you know, what are our worldviews, what are our assumptions, what do we really believe in, and truly how different and conflicting they are. Leave Zelda alone, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, isn't it sad that, that Mario <laughs> never never marries Princess Peach? Well, I think he, there's not really a romantic relationship there. He just kind of gets a kiss on the cheek and goes on his merry way. Do you also, do you marry do you marry a missile, Ian? I mean, that's ultimately what he is. He's a defense network for the Mushroom Kingdom. That's it. There's there's no relationship going on there. Yeah. Maybe there should be, right? But I mean, I don't know. Same way, there's no real relationship going on between. <laughs> Zelda and Link in most of the games. It's really sad. Depends on which one, right? Sometimes she's a crystal maiden and she flies off somewhere magical, and then other times they get back together, kind of, but not really. Yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. Nintendo shows complicated characters. Though I remember reading that Shigeru Miyamoto said if we could put a female protagonist in the game and it would fit the setting, then we would. All right, so is that it? I'm good. You all good? I'm good. I think so. All right. Well, this has been an interesting discussion, even though we lost about a half hour's worth of recording. And that's about it. (laughs) This has been the Theology Gaming Podcast. If you liked how awesome we are at discussing important things, (laughs) please find us on iTunes. Subscribe. We will be putting these up bi-weekly at the very least. I'm not sure if I can get them out faster, but we will definitely try. (laughs) If you like what you heard, give us a five-star rating and tell your friends. Lots of friends. (laughs) Because we need it. All of them. Yeah. And also, as a final note, we are looking for sponsors, so if you want to sell something, 
Preferably something that does not involve something sinful. Thank you very much. <laughs> you may sell it on our podcast. Just contact me at Zach at TheologyGaming.com. I will be happy to contact you. This also goes for anybody who wants to contact the podcast, ask questions, etc., etc., etc. I'm Zachary Oliver, and I have been talking with Brian Hall, Yen Wong, and Eric Anderson. So, Josh. and Josh, wherever Josh, Josh. is. I forgot him. I forgot him. <laughs> I don't know where he is. All right. Good night, folks. Good night, good evening, good morning, whatever it is. Say bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Adios.